Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) (laughs) Cretaceous Crisis Written by Andy Conduit-Turner Narrated by Ian McEwan Stephanie gasped, leaning forward and resting her hands on her knees as she tried to catch her breath after an intense sprint through the labyrinthine corridors of the facility's sub-basement levels. Damn, that was too close. Stephanie's squadmate, Ben Burton, pressed his back against the steel door to the generator room as he slammed it shut behind them. Tilting his head back to rest against the door, he exhaled in a deep sigh. Having taken a moment to compose himself, Ben began pacing around the area, his footsteps echoing around the concrete room. The otherwise painful silence, confirmation that the team's guess that the generator had been shut down somehow had been correct. Pivoting awkwardly on the spot, Ben looked down to inspect the large silver-covered handgun he was carrying, before looking back up at Stephanie with another sigh. (sighs) Four left, then I'm out. See what you can find. If we can get this generator working again, the base security systems should detect the breach and initiate containment protocols. 
A quick check of her inventory revealed Stephanie's own ammo reserves weren't looking much better than Ben's. A dozen rounds for her sidearm, one grenade, and half a clip in her SMG. Leaving Ben to check the machinery on one side of the room, Stephanie started for the other, where the room narrowed as metal racking filled with maintenance tools and materials filled much of the open space. Deep red emergency lighting took the edge off the darkness in the room, but was far from enough for it to be considered well-lit by anyone's standards. Walking slowly with her pistol half-raised, its attached light provided a small pool of illumination, which granted a tenuous sense of security in one way, while greatly increasing her anxiety in another, as the shifting beam distorted shadows, sending them scurrying behind boxes and into corners. Broken glass crunched under her boots as she walked, Shining the light on the floor momentarily revealed the remnants of several light bulbs that had been knocked from the shelf at some point. She continued as, What was that? A shadowy object shot across the gap from one side of the racking to the other. It disappeared before Stephanie could get a fix on it with her light. Maybe just a rat? No, too big for that. Most likely a damned compy. Alone, they were too small to be any sort of threat, let alone waste any of her dwindling ammo supply on, but they had already seen firsthand the damage they could do when they swarmed, back when they first responded to Bravo Team's distress call. Finding Bravo Team weapons specialist Kenneth laying prone in the first biome they entered, Alpha Team quickly discovered he was now a mere shadow of his former self, as Ben had put it. The little bastards had practically stripped every scrap of exposed flesh. Had it not been for his ID, they wouldn't have recognized him. Stephanie kept her gun trained on the spot she last saw the shape, but didn't see or hear anything else as she passed the end of the racking, where the room opened up once again into a larger square, containing a promising-looking large angular piece of machinery with an open control cover. The 12-inch-high painted lettering reading Primary Generator was also a huge giveaway. Dashing immediately to the open panel, the tension of a few moments ago was replaced by the excitement at the thought of finally escaping this nightmare. The elation was short-lived, however. Upon looking at the complex mess of buttons and switches on the generator, the only immediately discernible instruction was a written notice. To restart following an unexpected shutdown, follow Recovery Sequence B. Perhaps Haley, Alpha Team's combat engineer, knew every recovery sequence for every generator in the world, but given that she had sacrificed herself to help the rest of the squad escape the Deinonychus habitat and reach the laboratory portion of the facility by sealing the manual doors behind them, that wasn't much help. Turning her attention to a nearby desk, Stephanie ransacked it for some kind of clue. Annoyingly, the first drawer she opened contained a full box of biotoxin darts to fit one of the facility's trank rifles, a weapon neither her or Ben was carrying, some old ink ribbons, and then... a maintenance log. Reading skeptically at first, and after several pages of the logkeeper detailing his dislike for needing to come down and restart the generator that had been periodically tripping out, 
Her heart skipped a beat as she read the final entry. Well, it's happened. I've had to come down here so many times that I don't need to even refer to the manuals anymore. The restart sequence for the generator is forever burned into my mind. All switches down, push B to close circuit, pump priming handle until green light, hit ignition. Red. I swear it's been 20 times this month alone. I'll be able to do this in my sleep from now until the day... Stephanie didn't need to read anymore. Dashing back to the console, she held her breath as she followed the sequence detailed in the log, closing her eyes as she pushed the red ignition button. Silence. She didn't want to open her eyes. Until she did, the problem wasn't real and... The sound of the generator beginning to fire up sounded more like triumphant fanfare than the workings of machinery, and upon opening her eyes, she was greeted by the absence of the crimson emergency lighting. It had been replaced by the comforting brightness of a room full of fluorescent tubes. Turning, she saw Ben running to meet her, waving his hands as he spoke. I knew you'd pull it off, Steph. Any time now, the containment systems will kick in, and we can get this place locked down. Warning! Warning! A cheerful mechanical voice started blaring. Ben smiled and pointed up at the speakers, his point proven. Containment breach exceeds recoverable parameters, initiating complete facility purge. All personnel evacuate to minimum safe distance. Fifteen minutes to detonation. The voice continued its message on a loop. Ben stopped smiling. To their left, metal shutters that had sealed a door shut began to rise. As the pair looked at one another in confusion, a more human-sounding voice sprang from the speakers drowning out the automated message. Who would have guessed a couple of grunts like you could have got the power working again without me? Maybe you do pay attention when I talk. Haley, the pair shouted in unison. No time to chat now. With power back on and the emergency destruct sequence kicking in, I thought you guys might be wanting a slightly swifter exit. And trust me, I've got the cameras back online. Y'all don't want to come back the way you came in. As if on cue, the pair heard a heavy thump, followed by the scraping of metal from the entrance door. Wasting no further time, they ducked under the shutter, which thanks to Haley's guidance, began to lower again once they were through. After a grueling climb up no less than 20 flights of stairs, the pair burst from a maintenance door out onto the facility's landing pad, that their overly cautious, a.k.a. total pussy of a squad pilot, Chad, had refused to stay stationed at twelve hellish hours ago. As they stepped out into the open, Stephanie's radio sprang to life. Chad's en route from whatever hiding place he's been cowering in with the chopper. It'll take me a few to hobble down from up here. My route is clear, just don't go leaving without... Oh, shit. Guys, you need to... 
The corrugated steel wall of the large, warehouse-like building opposite the helipad crumpled. As though made of papier-mâché, it yielded helplessly to the force of a creature the team had seen in diagrams, but had assumed, it seemed incorrectly, was an unfinished project. Standing on two legs at around 20 feet tall, its skin a dull cinnabar red, patterned with bright iridescent electric blue streaks that seemed to shift as it moved, the Alpha Rex would be a beautiful specimen to see, were it not currently eyeing them hungrily. Spying the pair instantly, the creature drew back its head and then leaned forward, unleashing an almost deafening and earth-trembling roar that sent vibrations through their very cores. Even at this distance, Stephanie could feel the heat of its breath as it reached her. The stench of old meat mixed with that distinct, coppery smell of blood was stomach-turning. Instinctively springing to action, Ben began to flank left, drawing his weapon and firing the first of his four remaining bullets at the Alpha Rex. It looked like he'd hit it, but the creature didn't even flinch. Instead, lunging towards the pair, its plan of action clear. Glancing to her right, Stephanie saw a dark rifle propped up at the side of the door they had exited moments earlier. This was their only chance. In a few swift steps, she reached the rifle before diving back towards the beast. Newly equipped weapon in hand and landing in a firing position, she looked through the scope and took aim at the softer flesh around the lower jaw of the rapidly approaching Rex. Back to the extinct list for you, she muttered through gritted teeth as she pulled the trigger. Click. The rifle was empty. Probably should have grabbed those darts. The creature leaned towards her, jaws gaping wide. You died. As the words floated on the screen, Tyler tossed the controller aside and rubbed his eyes. There was only so much stunted dialogue, shaky mechanics, and archaic graphics he could take for one evening. And as much as the entertainment module had proven the most amusing part of studying paleoanthropology so far, he would actually need to read some critical discourse on the subject at the library tomorrow for something more insightful to bring to Monday's seminar than... Those games really went downhill after the second one. He really should think about starting his essay, too. Swatting the remote as he stood, switching off the telescreen, Tyler began to plan the introduction to his unstarted 3,000-word epic as he headed upstairs to prepare for bed. While separated by millions of years in reality, popular culture particularly science fiction and fantasy spanning generations, have shown boundless interest in throwing humans and dinosaurs into situations, and more often than not, conflict with one another. Our dynasty's temporal separation often... 
He paused as he squeezed toothpaste onto his brush and then continued monologuing internally as he cleaned his teeth. Often overcome via non-existent time travel technologies, advanced genetic engineering and cloning techniques, or via the exploration of radical scientific theorems speculating on the notion of a circular nature to time itself, with certain events pertaining to the rise and fall of dominant species occurring on a cyclical basis. Despite the far-flung nature of the encounters, and often with one species being depicted as little more than bloodthirsty monsters, the evidence of societal indicators of an interest in the distant past and the juxtaposition between... He spat and leant over the sink to rinse his mouth out. Between the savage and instinctual versus the rational and civilized worlds is a telling commonality which is consistent even across differing cultures. With that, Tyler took one last look in the mirror pumped a small amount of scale cream from the dispenser, which he rubbed into a dry patch he had on his snout, and with a final toothy smile into the mirror, turned to go to bed, self-assured that he'd have no trouble making headway with the essay tomorrow. It really was interesting to learn about humans. Their beliefs, their habits, and even their concepts of entertainment had a huge influence on the modern world. For a species that went extinct millions of years ago, they were still a fascinating subject to study. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Cretaceous Crisis was written by Andy Conduit Turner, narrated by Ian McEwen edited by Carl Hughes and music by Eric M. Music, Not Bient, and Tom Robson. We have new patrons. Wow. Not just patrons, but an elite team of super-powered superhero patrons. G. Mark Cole with his power to shoot laser beams out of his fingertips. Thank you very much, G. Mark Cole. Kendra Nichols with her ability to turn anything into a spoon with a single whisper. Thanks for becoming a patron, Kendra. And Mike Carr. Oh, lordy. I would just say, you don't want to let Mike Carr snap his fingers, because... If you too would like to join our super-powered team of patrons, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver and pledge from as little as £1. Speaking of, we're planning to record an artist's Q&A soon, so if you have a question for one of the writers, the narrators, or Carl, our audio editor, you'll be able to do so soon over on our Patreon page. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.